Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, 
jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important ancient realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two ancient realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm, and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. Hebrews 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, substance, created the world as we see it today. Faith became matter. And how did it become matter? Through word energy. Speaking the word released the energy into the earth and the energy became matter and manifested in physical form. Our words are so powerful because God created us in His image and His likeness. 
So the quantum world came into being when God said, light be, and light became. And then God used the same words to create the vegetation, the animals. And then interestingly enough, when he came to man, it says God created man out of the dust of the earth. I once heard a Hebrew scholar who taught on this scripture. And what he said is the word dust there better interpreted this way. And God created man out of the minute particles of the totality of all that God is. So God took the quantum realm and created man. But it says he created him after his image and his likeness. And that means that we create our world by the words of our mouth. Because the Word of God says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What's really fascinating to me is that the more I understand our planet Earth, the more I understand about heaven. And the more I understand about heaven, the more I understand about our planet. You see, Earth was intended, it was always intended to be a copy of heaven. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. I mean, you just have to look around and examine how a certain system functions here on earth and you will have some pretty good insight on how the original in heaven operates and looks like. Let's take online shopping for example. When you go onto an online store to make a purchase, it's nothing but a faith transaction. It really is nothing but a trust transaction. That's all that it is. For starters, you can't touch the product, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, and you can't see it. You can only see a picture of it and see the reviews about it, but those two things, the pictures and the reviews, they give you enough trust in the vendor to go ahead and make the purchase. This is how God's kingdom operates. We can't see it with our natural eyes. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't smell it or even touch it. But we look at the reviews and images we see described in the Bible. And this gives us enough faith. It builds up enough faith within us to go ahead and make the purchase.
for tuning in to the pre-show. Welcome back to episode nine of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. I am really enjoying how this series is going. I hope you are. So let's first recap some of the things we talked about in the previous episode, episode eight. In episode eight, we established that our entry into the quantum spirit realm is by creating a force field called faith, which is first created by belief and then activated by words. And we want, we say that the definition of faith, the foundation being faith, we, we wanted to, dis, one of the things we're talking about was what is, you know, our, our fundamental definition of quantum faith came from the book of Hebrews. So what is the faith realm in essence? Let us first look at the faith realm, what it is from a spirit standpoint, and then let us go over into our day-to-day, -day, like our natural world, our physical world, and see what the parallel is. If we can look at some things that happen in our own natural world and see that they are actually mapped after the faith realm, because I firmly believe that whatever we see in the natural world is mapped after the spiritual world. And I, I wanna challenge you to start looking at things that way. Everything that you see on this universe has the original is in the spirit realm. Solomon, who was the wisest king at the time, probably you could consider him probably the wisest, wisest person that ever lived, said in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is nothing new under the sun. And today I'm going to be using something that is picking up momentum and steam in the, uh, I'm going to talk about cryptocurrencies and blockchains and some of those things and show you that in the most part, when you look at this universe, everything operates on fundamental principles. These fundamental principles in the spirit realm, these fundamental principles in the natural realm. Now, if the fundamental principles are the same, it's just inevitable that what you see above, whatever is built on the fundamental principles in the spirit realm is going to operate the same way as what is built on the fundamental principles in, the, in, in this physical world. Because the fundamental principles are the same. It's kind of like, so, so that's why you, I, I want to challenge you to start thinking of these two universes or these two realms, the physical realm and the spirit realm, and you will actually see that if you do not know, uh, just you, it may be hard for you to conceptualize, but whatever you see in the natural already has an existence in the spirit realm. 
Now, it is used differently in the spirit realm, and we use it differently in the natural realm, but there are a lot of parallels because both worlds are mapped, that the physical world is mapped off the spirit world. Because one of the things that I've been reinforcing since episode one is that we live in a world of cause and effects. Cause is the spirit realm, effects is in the natural realm. So whatever you're seeing in the, in the natural realm is just an effect of some of the cause in the spirit realm. So by definition, let us first revisit what is the faith realm? What is this faith realm? One of the definitions that we were looking at from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 3 says, faith is, is this assurance. It's, it's, it's a confirmation. It's a title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of the things we do not see, basically with our natural eyes, and the conviction of their reality. And then it, it has this really, it has a statement that I think solidifies it and by saying, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses, that is to your five senses. It goes to say that by faith we understand that the worlds during successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Now, this is something that I'm going to try again, and there's some concepts that I want to try and bring to life today, which is we're going to look at some examples in the natural world and see that physical matter moves is moved in our own natural world by words. So if we look at that, we can extrapolate and see how it is very possible, I believe, that the original physical matter that came into this universe was brought into this universe by words. Words pull things out of the spirit realm and manifest them in the natural realm. I know it sounds crazy, but just let, let's let's just continue to dive in and explore this whole subject of quantum faith and quantum physics and faith and, and spirit realm and how everything kind of works together. It's really fascinating. So listen to this other definition about faith. It says faith is the assurance. So it, it seems to be faith is this title deed. It's a confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. When it says the evidence of things not seen, it's saying you cannot see it. You cannot see these things with your natural eyes because these things are at a different light frequency. It's the same thing with all the waves that you see, like uh, you like like human beings and animals can hear different sounds because of how they've been created. So a dog can hear sound frequencies that you cannot hear. These creatures that can hear sounds four miles away, but you cannot. So if we put you next to that creature and that creature was able to hear sounds that are four miles away, does that, which you cannot hear, does that mean that that sound doesn't exist? No, I think people have to understand that different creatures have their, our, 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 our physical, these, these physical limitations. 
you know, different creatures are being created in a different way. You know, they have certain capabilities that other creatures don't. So different creatures are able to tap into different realms of sound or light that human beings just cannot hear or cannot see. Like you cannot see heat, right? But there's some animals that are nocturnal that the, one of the ways in which they move is that they can see certain temperatures of heat. Like for you, you can't see it, but in, in the darkness, you radiate, uh, it's almost like a thermal energy and they're able to see it, but you cannot. So just because you cannot see heat, it doesn't mean that heat doesn't exist. This is one of the biggest uh, deceptions that our world is dealing with today is people think when it comes to the to the physical world, people don't argue against the things they cannot see with their eyes. But once you start to introduce the spirit world, people think it's 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 just it's just a figment of our own imagination, like that it's not real. No, just because you cannot see it or feel it with your natural senses, with your five senses doesn't mean it doesn't exist because some another creature can see it. That's why I want to challenge you. There's two universes that are operating. There's a spirit realm universe and a physical realm universe. Our eyes have limitations. They cannot see spirits. We, we discern spiritual things with the spirit of man by the Holy Spirit. You can access the physical world with your five senses, but these two worlds run parallel to each other. There's always activity, cause and effects that is happening, running parallel to each other. But the spirit realm is the parent realm. It's the parent world. It's where things happen first and then they affect, they cause effects in the natural realm. So faith is this conviction of their reality. The things that you do not see, faith gives you this conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So sometimes the way to understand how something works is to Look at how it doesn't work. Sometimes the best way to understand what something is or isn't, I, I mean, sometimes the best way to understand what something is, is almost defining it as what it's not. If you know what it's not, then you are left with what, what it is. If you cannot really arrive to this thing, to the to, to, to conclusion of subject matter, by defining what it is so you kind of now go on the other side and you define what it's not so it's kind of like this principle of separation so you separate the unknowns and and then once you put all the unknowns in one category in one set you're left with a set of that means if it's not this it's not this it's not this that means what it is becomes what it's not okay so 
Um, so some interesting and very important things to dive in. Just again, to reiterate. So faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to our physical senses. So we can't discern this faith realm with our five senses. We can't. Because it is not revealed to our five senses of see, touch, hear, smell, taste. Now, I just mentioned this. Don't tell me just because you can't see it, it doesn't exist. There's so many forces that we don't see in motion every day. And we, but we wouldn't disqualify their existence because we can't see them. You can't see gravity, but we don't disqualify gravity. You can't see electricity, but we don't disqualify electricity. You can't see uh, apthrust force, but you don't disqualify it. You can't see the force that is pulling two opposite magnets together, but you do not disqualify that there is a force that is pulling these things together. So once again, every time you get into spiritual context, people are so quick to disqualify spiritual laws or the spirit world or the spirit realm or the spiritual universe because they can't see these things. Right? So refocus your mind, recalibrate your mind. Don't be, it, it's a level of ignorance to continue just ignoring this fact that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So then it begs to ask, if you can't see this thing, but you still want to take advantage of it, how can you transact in a world that you can't see with your five senses? Well, how can human beings transact from the quantum spirit realm? You know, how can human beings receive these things from this realm of God? Right? And one of the things you said in the last episode, the same way we run to the first principles of the theory, like of theories from people like Einstein, Newton, and see the principles that govern their theories. Where do we get these theories? We look at uh, we look at the things that they wrote down. They wrote down these theories and say it easy. Go to MC squared. They they wrote down they wrote down Newton's laws of motion or all these other scientists. We always refer to what they've written down. So. We need some information on this force field of faith, on what it can do and not do. So this, this information is going to come from somewhere. Right? And one of the examples we used in the last episode was this example of online shopping. That if I go into Amazon, I can't technically or physically see these things. You can't. However, my trust to go ahead and make a purchase comes from some data points. I see a picture of these items. I read reviews. That's all you have. So we can see that for the most part of this transaction, the biggest proponent is trust. Then we arrived at this conclusion that it's a trust transaction. So in the faith realm as well, I need data. I need information about what is in this what is in this realm, the spirit realm, 
God's spirit realm. And then I can go ahead and make some transactions. I, I think I need to repeat that. Look at online shopping. We're using Amazon. You cannot technically see that product, feel it, touch it, smell it, or whatever. The only thing that you actually have is a picture of this item. And you read reviews, that's all. So you, you, you go ahead and place a transaction all based on trust. So at the core of online shopping is trust. It's just a trust transaction. That's the core fundamental principle. So in the faith realm, in the spirit world, we use the Bible, the word of God. That's where we look and know what's available to us in this faith realm. The Bible is the ordained word of God, which gives thousands of different use cases that give us insight on what kind of purchases are available to us to use the same context. As far as we know, the Bible is our main reference. The Holy Bible is our main reference for what faith can do. The Bible is where I get all the information I need. It's the instructor's manual for human beings, for life and godliness. I use the word of God. So the word of God becomes my assurance. It, be it becomes my reviews. And when you go into the word of God, you have reviews because you see past miracles, past things that happened that actually worked out. So for me, those are the reviews of this product. So if I want healing, I go into the, into the water God and I say, well, it says I can be healed by the water God. Now I check for reviews. Has anyone ever been healed by the water God? And it shows me all these miracles of healing of all kinds of sickness and disease. That's all I need. Then I make the purchase in a spirit realm and then it manifests in the natural. So now th that alone, what I just went through there is let, that's a foundation that is okay. I've established some talking points that now let us start exploring. Let us now, because someone might say, yeah, but okay, this is still all this uh, spirit stuff, spirit stuff. I'm going to pull some examples from the real world. I've, I've, I've used the parallel and say online shopping at the end of the day comes down to one fundamental principle. Trust. It's a trust transaction. You cannot see the product. You cannot touch it. Technically, you cannot see it. You can only see a picture of it. You can't touch it. You don't even know if it exists. You, you're going off of trust. Someone might say that uh, three in stock when it's not true. So, so it's a trust transaction in the natural world. It's it also, it's a trust fundamental principle. Faith is a trust transaction in the spirit world. Okay. So let us go on. So our faith then is built. Our faith is built by knowledge of words spoken by God. The same way your trust to make a purchase on Amazon is built upon 
what the seller says is available and the pictures they post and the reviews you read posted by Amazon. You see what I mean? On both sides, at the core principle of both these things, one side you have faith in the spirit realm, on this side you have trust on online shopping. Both of them, both of these transactions are happening based on knowledge of words spoken by the proponents or by the sellers in these worlds. Let's take God as the seller in the spirit realm. And he says, this is available. This is available. This is available. Okay. It's all words. It's the same thing also with online shopping. The seller here is saying, this is available. This is available. This is available. And how do we transact? It's all based on faith and trust. So in essence, we have two key words here. Words and trust. If you strip away everything, strip away the payment gateways in, on online shopping, strip away the everything comes down to two things, words and trust. In essence, you're left with two fundamental principles, words and trust. So let us take these two principles and map them onto different microcosms of our current world and see how powerful they are. Because in the spirit realm, I'm emphasizing that this is how business is done. Words and trust, words and faith, words and faith. Okay, now let us take these two same fundamental principles, let us bring them into the natural world and see that the world we live in operates on these two principles. Every transaction in this world operates on these two principles. Every interaction operates on words and trust. And so, if we can see how this thing works in the natural and actually see that physical matter is moved around by words and trust, we can extrapolate that hypothesis and say, this is how things are happening in the spirit realm as well. So two principles right now. We've stripped away everything else. We've everything else has come down to two things right now. Words and trust. So let us see how these two things operate. Okay. Example number one. Blockchain technology. This is changing this is shaking up the financial industry blockchain technology bitcoin all these cryptocurrencies ethereum uh stable coins all of these things this is what I, this is what i want to say need i say that blockchain technology is just a copy of god's beginning um, it, the, the fundamental principles here that we see in blockchain technology, if, again, if you strip it all down, it's the same principles that God's always used to transact from the spirit realm, to do transactions between him and man. Faith, words and faith, words and faith. So, in essence, for me, it's very interesting because 
it's almost like things are coming back full circle. It's almost like the technologies that are being built right now are going back to the fundamental principles of what was in the Garden of Eden. Because, but the, but the natural world might not see it. The, the natural world, you might not see this. But there is, there are some fundamental, <laughs> some universal principles that govern this world. That no matter what happens, they are always going to move this world back, to, in essence, to its origin. The universal laws, for instance, like when God said, be fruitful and multiply. That's a universal principle that governs this world. Be fruitful and multiply. So all, all productivity, all creativity comes from that universal parent, parent law that was spoken, right? Now, in the beginning, this is how Adam was transacting with God. In essence, he, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was faith and words, right? So there is embedded in human beings it's almost like an intuition in our consciousness, deep in our consciousness. We know where our roots are from. And that's why, you know, from the outside, technology is, is the, the, the innovations that we see, the people, for the most part, technology is engineered to kind of help us in a natural way, go back to the Garden of Eden to kind of help us go from laboring to go back to how life was in the Garden of Eden. Now it's it's now look at this. These two parallel universes that are running. In the spirit world, God is actually at the end of it all, at the end of this age, he moves humanity back to how things were in the Garden of Eden. Now, in, in, in our natural realm, in this parallel universe, we have, we're, we're using forces of like, let's say technology, in essence to, let's say, eradicate, uh, let's say poverty, debt, lack, build better roads, build fastest means of transportation. In essence, in, in the natural world, we are also doing things to kind of take us to how our consciousness knows of where we came from. It's in our DNA. It's, it's, it's in there. And that's why uh, uh, people are always, the two things, that, the three questions that um, are, on, you know, the three questions that will govern most everyone's life. And, and you won't understand it from 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 but but you you may not be conscious of this but this happens deep down in your conscience and that is where did we come from how did we get here and you know where did we come from how did we get here why are we here 
and what happens after we leave. So you, 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 you have these two universes, the spirit realm and the, and, and the natural realm, they're all kind of running parallel towards each other back to the origin, the beginnings. Because in the spirit realm, that's how God has designed it. He wants to get humanity back to how things were before, without the fall of man. The fall of man brought about spiritual death, poverty, lack, sickness, and disease. And every technology that we're really trying to build in the natural realm is kind of like to become a cure for the, for the spiritual curse. So we're trying to come up with medicines and all of these things to deal with what? Sickness and disease, right? Uh, we're trying to extend life. We're trying to create longevity. We, we, we have all these workout plans, these, these, these improved diet, all these uh, boost, uh, these, these nutrition, everything. We're trying to get back to where humanity came from. In the Garden of Eden, this is how life was before the fall of man. These people lived for like 935 years, 800 years, 700 years, 300 years. You know, but of course, as the fall of man continued to expand, as sickness continued to come into this universe and all of the fallen effects of man, uh, the food was affected, the organicity of the food, uh, creation, everything was affected. So for me, it's really interesting that I see that in the spirit realm, that's God's plan. But I can see that humanity from its standpoint is trying to do the same thing, only they're trying to do it apart from God. Human beings are trying to do the same thing for human beings that God is trying to do for human beings, except most human beings do not realize that they essentially want the same thing to happen into this universe that God desires to happen. But now they are crossroads because they think a lot of people don't even believe in God. So they don't even believe the spirit stuff. They, 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 they don't believe in the spiritual universe, the, the, the spirit realm. But if you read the Bible, you read from Genesis to Revelation, and you can clearly see that humanity doesn't know, but, you know, human beings essentially trying to do the same thing that God has already planned for us, that God is already working us towards. But the thing is that now the problem is that human beings are batting heads with God because they think he's against them. They don't think that they're on the same team. But if you understand that actually the technologies that you're trying to innovate, in essence, the spiritual laws that God has already ordained to, to kind of to, 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 to move us back to the garden. And so you can see some of the miracles that Jesus did and he was in essence giving us a taste, basically saying, listen, what, what, 
when you really look at those miracles from a different standpoint, you, you start to see that Jesus was in essence saying, I'm challenging you guys. I know you're going to try and do this by your own knowledge. But there's a higher realm that you can operate in. And I think human beings don't realize that that God's knowledge is superior to man's knowledge because God has a point of view from of the beginning and also the end. That's what makes God God. He's everywhere. He has all power and he's, you know, like he's all knowing. Human beings don't have a point of view of the end and they also don't have a point of view of the beginning. Human beings only have a point of view of what's in, in between the beginning and the uh, uh, kind of right in there. Human beings don't essentially, technically, don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? You don't know like which country is going to set up war with another country. You don't know those things. You don't know which virus is going to come out of the labs. You don't know those things. So for me, I, I think it's, it's really stupid and ignorant for us to continue almost thinking looking at god as our enemy as our arch rival and yet god is trying to say listen i'm not the bad guy here the bad guy is satan satan is the one who's behind all this chaos but satan causes this chaos and then he, he he's and, and and then he's created this misinformation that god's desires for man are are, are basically different for, you know, different from man's desires for himself. But in essence, minus the greed, the, the envy, the jealousy, all those things that human beings can possess, all those, those, those types of characters. If you read in the Bible, the heart of God is to get man to the beginning is basically to move man through the spirit of sickness, disease, uh, spiritual death, bring him back into spiritual union with God, with no sickness, no disease, no poverty, no luck. That's the essence of the gospel. Now, humankind is also trying to do the same thing. Only we, we are doing it apart from God. And we don't realize that if we team up with God, that this whole thing can be turned around. But of course, the, the, the God does business differently. So I think one of the things that man is, is struggling with is man, in essence, because he's been given his willpower, man doesn't want to submit his, like, like his knowledge or his ways unto God's way of doing things but the funniest thing that I always come back to is that there's nothing that God says is bad for you that human beings actually do not believe that is bad for them. Everything, if, 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 if you're going to say, yeah, but God doesn't want me to do this. God doesn't want me to do this. No, no, no. It's, it's because God knows what's best for you. So human beings really struggle with that. We struggle with saying, how does God know what's best for me when I feel like, this is what is actually best for me. How are you going to tell me someone else knows what's best for me? But because he knows the end from the beginning. God knows the best the kind of technologies we should be building. He knows the kind of, of, of 
the kind of medications, the kind of hospital, like he knows what infrastructure we really need. He knows the kind of governments, the kind of economies that we should be building because they're sustainable. And so, so we, we keep on batting heads with God, but if you look at, again, let's go back to blockchain technology, which has been built on the fundamental principles of words and trust. And people think that this would be, let's say Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. People believe that this would be the most secure, transparent, and most, you know, like genuine currencies because you don't have federal governments that can just go and print off money today, inflation goes up or kind of hold the fence somewhere. But the core principles of blockchain technology is words and trust, which we shall, I'll briefly kind of touch on here. But what I'm trying to say is that there was, there has already been a technology that's been built on these two core principles. It's called the faith technology because faith technology is also was, is originally built on words and trust. Faith technology is the original blockchain technology. It's the original cryptocurrency. It's the original Bitcoin. It's how we trade faith coin. Maybe I should even coin that. I should build a faith coin. Hmm. I think I'll do that. I build a cryptocurrency called faith coin. I think we need one of those. We have too many coins. We need a faith coin. But yeah, faith coin is the original Bitcoin. So if I was if I was to bet on if blockchain technologies like Bitcoin will become the norm, I would I would bet so because when I'm trying to look at how when I when I try to look at what the universe is is betting on or the technologies that we're trying to build, any technology that has a lot of resemblance of any spiritual technologies, I I would bet that that's good for us because if it's already being used in the spirit realm and basically God created it and it's kind of how He's doing business. I would bet on that kind of technology, even here in the physical realm, I would. So if I was to bet on blockchain technologies like Bitcoin, I, I would bet that it, it will, it will become the norm. I will. I mean, it's, it, there's a, there's a, an, there's a, there's an economic crash that's happened right now. Um, it's a bear market, but um, I think things, I believe things will turn around. So all, all this to say that, honestly, God has been doing business in this way and uh, since the beginning of time. And, and for the most part, he's been trying to get us used to his work doing things. And so now we're all excited and bamboozled by the possibilities of blockchain technologies like Bitcoin, like, like you know, uh, Ether and, 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 and all of these other cryptocurrencies. But this is how God has always done business. This is how he has always transacted. So the fundamental principles are the same.
blockchain, in essence, is built and runs on two pillars, words, but in this case, digits and trust. Blockchain runs on two pillars, words, which are digits and trust. Now, it's also very interesting that in Bitcoin or Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies, these digits are transferred across certain protocols wirelessly. But it's the same exact way that we do business with God. It really is. I'm just trying to show you that this is how it happens in the spirit realm. And this is how it's, it's, it's happening in the natural realm. And if we already know how it happens in the spirit realm, and now we're being marveled by the possibilities of how this could happen in the natural realm, for me, it's not a surprise. I look at it as man is just really, man, human beings will never catch up to God's knowledge until some things have to happen. But right now in this fallen world, we're really still kind of behind the eight ball. Like God's already a step ahead of us and just saying, hey, catch up. If you really want to do this the best way, this is how you do it. Because this is how I do it in my universe. Right? Like, like in the spirit realm. So Bitcoin or the cryptocurrencies, they are transferred across certain protocols wirelessly. Everything is wireless. And in the same exact way, we do business with God wirelessly. We do business with God through a spirit-to-spirit -spirit protocol. Now, there's different protocols that, 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 that cryptocurrencies use. But on the God side of things, we, we do business through a spirit-to-spirit -spirit protocol. Everything we do on this planet, everything we invent on this planet, is either a current or outdated technology in heaven. It's just the way it is. We have to open up our eyes. Everything that we're doing on this planet, everything we invent on this planet is either a current or outdated technology of heaven. Um, so from a, from, a, from, a, from a standpoint of humility, what I, what I want to challenge you who could be listening to this, you who's listening to this, is in if heaven has a higher realm of operation i want to challenge you that whatever you're trying to do in the marketplace at your work or whatever technology you're building i want to challenge you instead asking god to show you a better way of doing it just ask the father to bring what is already happening in heaven to earth you know, one of the most interesting things is uh, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said this statement. He said, in the Lord's Prayer, there is this statement that says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That statement is packs a punch. 
for someone to say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it means he's saying, ask the Father. It's basically telling us that it's already in heaven. So our goal as humanity should be to bring what is in heaven on earth. That's what Jesus was saying. Pray, therefore, it says in the Lord's Prayer, it says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's already established in heaven, all these technologies in the spirit realm. Now, we, we go from this point and enter into partnership with God and say, since, you're, since it's already in heaven, let's bring it here on earth. That's the will of the Father. Is for earth to operate as heaven operates. So let's look at the other thing. We're, we're on the subject of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ether, and all of these things. How about this to blow your mind? Recently, there was an enormous course. Uh, in fact, the, it's become one of the most, um, when you look at the cost of, or, or maybe the reality of blockchain becoming the norm and how these cryptocurrencies move from one protocol to another, one of the bottlenecks or one of the key principles has now become this thing called a bridge. And there's been a lot of money that has been incurred by different blockchain protocols because hackers hacked this thing called a bridge that enables transfer of cryptocurrencies. Let's say if you want to transfer, let's say if you own block, uh, Bitcoin, but you want to buy something that is in another currency in order for your Bitcoin to move over from where it is in your wallet over to this other uh, purchase area. But in this purchase area, they don't use, they're not selling this thing in Bitcoin. They're selling it, let's say in USD stablecoin or maybe Ether. Uh, ETH. That there's something that is called a bridge. Now, hackers have become really smart that this is where they've been basically, uh, what would you call this? Uh, like, you know, like this is where they stage and this is where they attack. This is where they try to hit the car that is transferring this money. You know, kind of like how money, when money is being moved from one bank, you know, they're moving from one bank and they're trying to take it to another area. Or I mean, from the business to like the bank, normally, you know, kind of like how in movies, it's like the 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 the, the thieves kind of always, that's where they position themselves, right? When from the, from the point the money leaves the business, as it's on its way to the bank, that's where they try to hit the car, right? That's one of the most dangerous sports. And that's why when they're transferring money, there's a lot of security when money is being moved. Likewise, on this thing called a bridge, that enables you to move money from, let's say, Bitcoin to, to another area to purchase something in another cryptocurrency. They, it's called a bridge. So hackers have been positioning there. And as money is crossing that area, boom, 
they attack it. And that's where they've been stealing it. So there was, a, there, there was an occurrence where hackers stole over $600 million in one incident. In one incident, $600 million. So, so as I was saying, that's kind of where they were positioning themselves in this thing called a bridge. So if you don't know, so basically, again, a bridge is just how you would move money from, let's say, your US dollar account to another currency account, but for cryptocurrencies. Now, there's so many cryptocurrencies right now, and you might want to buy something from somewhere, but that vendor doesn't sell those items in your preferred cryptocurrency. So what you do is that you move that money from one cryptocurrency to another across this thing called a bridge. And right now, this is one of the weak links for cryptocurrency. It's, it's one of the weak links for cryptocurrency. Now, it, it still has so much room for, me for, for improvement and security advancement. But one of the main concerns for cryptocurrencies is how you can securely move them from one place to another. So one of the things that we shall talk about, because um, th there's a lot that I, there's a lot for us to kind of keep peeling back. So in, in the next episode, I, I want us to look at a, also a very interesting medium in which God basically created his bridge so that he could no longer be hacked when transacting with humankind. And it's the same problem that we're seeing as it's probably one of the, the I would say probably the main weak link for cryptocurrency exchange, which is the bridge there. And so in, in, in some of the previous episodes, I explained that when God created mankind, he basically said, after the fall of man, you know, in the last in, in, in the last few episodes, I was basically explaining why God had to think of a more creative way for us to communicate with him, basically for him to bypass corruption or to bypass being hacked by Satan, which always happened with previous uh, creations. So God always, you know, like the floods and all these things. Uh, anyway, that's that's probably just for another day. There's just so much there. But anyways, God finally said, okay, you know what? Satan keeps ha hacking my communication. He keeps hacking mankind. So what I'm going to do is that I'm done with this. I'm going to create an incorruptible way of communication. And this will let me. Uh, and, 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 and the way he did that is he gave humanity, he gave mankind access to a new born-again spirit. I, we spent a couple of episodes looking at this so that this way we could communicate directly spirit to spirit. And if you actually don't know this, if, you, if you're not a Christian believer, there's a way in which I can talk to God in a certain language called praying in tongues, and Satan cannot hear this. Evil spirits cannot discern what I'm talking to God. So God has created a special language for us to communicate with him that Satan can't hack. And the way we communicate with God, the way we transact with him, that this faith technology that we have with God, it operates through a spirit-to-spirit -spirit protocol. Now, 
in the world of cryptocurrency, you have a you have different blockchain protocols. You have let's say the Bitcoin protocol. You have the Ethereum protocol. You have the um, there's just so many protocols. But basically, God was ahead of basically God. God had already solved this problem by creating this spirit to spirit protocol. It can't be hacked. If you have a born again spirit, your spirit. What 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 being, being born again basically means. If if I'm to explain this spiritual concept in in a scientific way, uh, a born again spirit is basically uh, when your spirit gains access to God's spirit, and there is this link of communication that is created, like like a spirit to spirit protocol. So it's unhackable. That's all a born again spirit is. It's this secure, cannot be hacked, and and so blockchain technologies like cryptocurrencies are basically now having to solve this because this is the weak link. And if they can figure out how cryptocurrencies can move from one protocol to another, that will be a huge obstacle removed. And then of course with blockchain you have to deal with uh, uh, the mining, the energy that is used for this for these uh, cryptocurrencies to be mined, but technologies are being built, you know, like going from uh, proof of uh, proof of work to proof of stake. So a lot of protocols are now being built on proof of stake instead of proof of work. So, so for me, all of this stuff is fascinating because I see things that happen in our planet and I'm like, yeah, that's just a replica of how heaven is already doing it. Because the fundamental principles are the same. Words and trust in the spirit realm, words and trust in the natural. So personally, it's just when I see these things happen, even with with someone with this spiritual bag, I mean, uh, yeah, with with this spiritual belief, you know, but with a science and engineering background, I don't struggle to believe existence of God or my beliefs in him and with the sound because I'm just like, duh, this is already happening in the heavens. So we, we really need a lot. We, we really have a lot of catching up to do. So one other thing that I, uh, so yeah, anyways, I think this is a good place to kind of uh, take a, take a pause because there's, there's a lot that I just kind of covered. And what we're going to do is in in the next episode, we're really going to talk about how what we don't know is that actually God releases these thoughts about those ideas that are already happening in heaven into our atmosphere and we capture them with our mental receivers. So... In, in the next episode, I'm, we're going to talk, we're going to kind of now first go back to the spirit realm. And I'm going to introduce this concept about how communication happens in the spirit realm, like where thoughts come from, emotions and, and all these, these things. And, and then we'll kind of come back and try to run some parallels in our um, natural world. And we'll see that at the end of the day, this whole thing comes down to words 
and trust. Words and trust. Words and trust. Words and trust. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the next one. This was episode 9 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue building on the two pillars that govern how we interact with each other in our everyday lives. Every transaction and interaction in our world is best and built on two things, words and trust. The fundamental principles of technologies like blockchain and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin that are shaking up the status quo are built on words and trust. Turns out, God needs something about words and trust as the primary keys to transacting. In the next episode, we shall dive into more of this. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Everywhere signs and symbols